Can we get close to each other by fighting? That's what some literature experts at Stanford University wanted to find out. So they put down their books and teamed up with young boxers in a high-risk environment. They wanted to explore how boxing depends on developing trust, vulnerability, focus, and intimacy. In this episode, we'll be talking to those scholars and taking a trip in the field to the heart of this experiment, the East Palo Alto Boxing Club. My name is Angela Becerra-Vidigar, and you're listening to The Human Angle. On this show, we bring you conversations with the people whose job it is to explore the human experience and our place in the world. We talk about aspects of contemporary culture that matter deeply in our everyday lives, our relationships to each other, and our histories as a diverse human community. Together with experts in fields like literature, history, music, philosophy, and the arts, we put the human back into the humanities. The two literary scholars we'll be hearing from today have been able to bring out an unexpected but absolutely essential side of boxing, closeness they were able to understand other aspects of the human experience in a new way by joining the literary community with a community gym. Usually we don't take many risks in our everyday life and closeness, I think, has to do with being here and now. Friederike Knuppling is a PhD candidate in German studies at Stanford. She's the literary scholar who first conceived of and founded the Closeness Project. When she's not investigating 18th and 19th century German literature, she's throwing punches in the ring. Closeness is an emergent thing. Closeness is a deeply disturbing concept. Uh, it, it, it's fundamental, but that doesn't make it necessarily always warm and fuzzy. It's, it's also quite frightening. Vincent Barletta, another coordinator of the project, is Associate Professor of Comparative Literature in Iberian and Latin American cultures at Stanford. His books include Death in Babylon and Covert Gestures, both focusing on medieval and early modern Iberian literatures. Frederica got into boxing as a college student in Germany. It actually all sort of began with an with a vague idea of closeness. Back then I was for exercise I was doing track and field. And I didn't really get it. I just mainly I felt very lonely on the on the track, and I felt like I was mainly combating myself all the time, bringing myself to running yet another round. <laughs> and, and I was looking for something different. And then I was visiting a friend in in Berlin, and I went with her to her uh, kung fu school. And I was super impressed by the atmosphere at that school. I was very impressed by the dedication that people put into their uh, into their practice, by the respect that people showed for each other, and by the sense of community and mutual trust that I could feel in that room, although I, I wasn't part of the group. And then I thought, yeah, maybe maybe that's more the direction that I'm that I'm looking for. Then when I went back to Munich, I 
I decided for classical amateur boxing for, for myself. Once Frederica came to the U.S. to study at Stanford, she needed a new place to get that sense of community. That's when she found the East Palo Alto Boxing Club. Basically, I was just looking for a, for a gym where I could train, and I didn't. I don't have a car, so I needed a place that I could reach by bike. And then um, everybody told me East Palo Alto is quite dangerous. Don't go there. But uh, one day I just did it, and I I don't know. I I was I was fine, and I felt very. Uh, very at home at that place and very yeah i i just enjoyed being there yeah it's a good place how did you get the idea to connect stanford where you were getting your education and the boxing club basically i was just so fascinated with boxing and this already started started in munich and you know i was just looking for ways to art- to articulate what I'm actually fascinated about and and other boxers are fascinated about too. Many people think of boxing as being about discipline, about the ego and about winning. And maybe they even connect it with enmity or uh, or ill will, which I don't think is uh, is correct. Or aggression. But aggression, yeah. I mean, some... Aggression can come in there, but it's also you. You gotta, you sort of you gotta channel it. It's a it's a very uh, regulated sport, so you gotta you can't just explode. You gotta do it according to very very strict rules. So the the idea that many people have of boxing, and for example, when you think of uh, of the Rocky Balboa uh, movies, then then you will know what I'm talking about. Uh, is that Boxing is a is a sport for or an activity for the poor and it's something that you do to climb the social ladder. Boxing is sort of um the American it's the story of the American dream, right? That's that's Rocky. And you can think of boxing as or the struggle against your opponent as the the struggle in a capitalist society, the struggle for profit. And to a certain degree, as I said, that's true. Um, boxing can be a, a profession for some for for people, but it also has this total other side. I'm speaking about amateur boxing now. You just do it for the sake of doing it. And so I was seeing all these uh, diff- these other interpretations of boxing, and I and I was comparing it with what my friends and I were talking about, and what it, and it was very very different. We really wanted to learn it, although we couldn't achieve anything with it. Yeah, we just did this for the sake of doing it, and we were fascinated by the activity in itself. And then also. In contrast to the idea that it's all about overcoming your opponent and combating uh, your opponent, you need other people to learn it. It's very rare that boxers can learn the sport without other people, without and actually also without a community. So you need you need sparring partners, 
And you gotta find a way to spar with other people so that they, they want to spar with you next week again. That means that you have to... You have to find out how far you can go, what the other, what the other person needs, what you need from whom, how far you want to let somebody else go. You will come at close quarters with other people, both physically and, and also emotionally and socially in a way. Something that, that Olympic boxing really teaches people is the capacity to endure other people, getting very close to them. You got to work with people in situations where you're very vulnerable, both physically and, and, and psychologically. And then comes, for example, then comes a point when, when you talk with your coach about uh, stepping into the ring. And that also takes a lot of, a lot of trust. So it's, it takes this whole subtle network of mutual trust, sociability, mutual care. So in, in boxing gyms, you often you can find an atmosphere of a, a particular closeness. Vincent Parletta, a literature professor at Stanford, joined Frederica in coordinating the Closeness Project. He also points out this unexpected, perhaps softer side of boxing that's so often hidden to casual spectators. Yeah, I mean, it might seem paradoxical, but it seems that the two are, are, are sort of joined, that for there to be closeness, there has to be that threat. From a philosophical perspective, you could say that, uh, that to be really in the presence of the other is to, is, is to feel kind of the, the menace or responsibility of that other. You don't own, can't theorize, can't narrate, can't control or construct uh, a working theory of the other except when you reduce that other to, to, to sameness. This is sort of the basis of Emmanuel Levinas' philosophy, and others have talked about this as well. Keep in mind that boxing, for there to be a match between two people, for two people to be standing together in a ring, throwing jabs and punches at one another, so much has gone into that already. I mean, nobody walks in off the street, puts on gloves, and starts fighting someone else. I mean, that just, that's not generally what happens. And certainly that's not what happens at the East Palo Alto Boxing Club. There's a long period of apprenticeship. There is a strong, long, and deliberate process of socialization into the community of boxers that takes place. So it's, you know, we often focus perhaps too much on the violence of it. What we focus on, maybe because we watch too many Rocky movies, and heaven knows they made a lot of them, is that it's two people trying to kill each other. They're literally like trying to knock each other's head off. And that's certainly part of it, uh, as it is part of the what happens in football or you know, other sort of physical sports. But what draws people to it and what makes it worthy, I think, of analysis and study and attention from a humanistic perspective is that it is a kind of heightened version of what we do, not only in the humanities, but in our everyday lives. We gotta take care of our own stuff all the time. We gotta go somewhere, buy something, but it's not a real interaction. There's no no real contact. It doesn't touch you. And we were we were interested in trying to come up with to first find or identify um, experiences that we connect with 
uh, to to closeness with and um then to study these as experiences of the other side of human of human life the the side that often gets forgotten or suppressed in our everyday life because we always have to take care of things we always have to think of uh, later and prepare ahead and um, be careful and usually we don't take many risks in our everyday life and closeness i think was one of our hypotheses has a uh, to do with being in being here and now and sort of immersing yourself into into something that that you encounter now when i'm hearing you talk about closeness and finding ways to be more in the moment i think about my own experience deciding to in certain moments not take a photograph of something when i'm spending time with my son for example instead of taking photographs of it and thinking oh how can i share this on social media later or something like that choosing to do something different at that moment um to pay attention to what's going on and to see it through my eyes instead of through a camera or a phone or something like that. Yeah, I I totally can connect that because you're describing a situation where where you're not thinking in terms of means and ends, but rather you want to do it because because it's it's just good. Everybody has to think in means and ends all the time. But uh I would like the society allow for more of these moments where we actually uh, appreciate or experience not where we actually endure the present moment most of us can relate to that desire for more closeness in our lives but vincent says that closeness actually goes beyond that comfortable positive sense of presentness and well-being When I think of closeness, certainly before beginning this project, my sense of closeness was something quite sort of fuzzy and warm. It's something I wanted. I don't really know what it is. I just know that it feels good or or it's a a worthy goal to have. But then you're made aware of the fact that so much of what we do often through language and and symbolic means, but also through institutional, structural, physical means is about it's about creating distance. It's about limiting closeness. I mean, the fact that we have walls the fact that we have borders the boundaries laws religions etc etc so much of this is about is about keeping others at a distance keeping others at bay and what this sort of basic idea brought up for us and really looking focusing at on boxing brought brought it home to us is that so much of closeness is about horror uh it's about the threat of the other it's about how closeness is at some level menacing troubling disturbing um not so much you know that 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 hell is the other so much as there's only so much closeness that we want and to have and can tolerate and i wrote a, a short piece about this when i was at the lisbon zoo with my family and my wife and i were sitting and sort of enjoying a, a couples moment which is rare when you have two little kids and we're just sort of sitting enjoying the day and our two daughters who i guess were 6 and 2 at the time they were at the cheetah exhibit which is just literally a 
I don't know, maybe maybe 10 feet from where we were sitting. And uh, our daughters were leaning up against this large plexiglass wall, you know, a few inches thick. And on the other side of that plexiglass wall was uh, a pair of cheetahs. And so you could say that our daughters were really less than a foot away from these two carnivores. And we weren't worried, you know, because the plexiglass is there. So, you know, is there closeness there? You know, were our daughters close to the cheetahs? I, you could argue that, well, yeah, in terms of physical proximity, they were right next to the cheetahs. And that's very exciting from the perspective of the people who are designing the zoo. You can get right close to, you know, to, to a cheetah. But don't worry, mom and dad, you can still enjoy your ice cream cones because we have four inches of plexiglass separating your little darlings from, from, from that animal. There's no need for fear, dread, or angst. Now, and it occurred to me sitting there, like, what if we were somewhere in Africa and these same two cheetahs were 50 yards away from our daughters? Would we still be sitting down on a bench eating ice cream cones and talking about our future? We would be freaking out. We would be grabbing our children. We would be running for cover, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so it, what, what, what became clear to me at that moment is that four inches away can be quite distant when there is that boundary, that mediation that exists between you, the, 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 the whole infrastructure of the zoo. But 50 yards might as well, especially when you're talking about the fastest animal in the world, that's almost certain death. Yeah, the sense is that closeness, and this just came up through watching the boxing, through doing more reading, through really talking about this this topic, is that closeness isn't necessarily something to strive for. It is something to be negotiated. Closeness is an emergent thing. Closeness is a deeply disturbing concept. Uh, It's fundamental, but that doesn't make it necessarily always warm and fuzzy. It's, It's also quite frightening. So much of my life on a given day is bringing people close, but not too close. We use language all the time, not to create distance or to create closeness, but to kind of to, to create a comfortable space within it or to, to make strategic moves, not unlike a boxing match. So, so much of boxing is about setting your opponent up. What we found is, you know, you'll, you'll be setting the person up with the jab. You're throwing lots of jabs, throwing lots of jabs, throwing lots of jabs, trying to set that other person up. And I say person because a lot of the boxers at at EPA Boxing Club are are women. What you're doing when you're throwing all of those jabs is setting up the person for a a stronger punch. Or you're trying to achieve something, even if it's just to kind of to keep, prevent that person from punching you. You're, You're sort of holding that person back at arm's length. And, you know, that's so much of what we do. That's so much of what literature does. It is about this kind of this close but not too close. There is this kind of level of prophylaxis that occurs in, in literature. It's like, I want to take you, let's say, to the experience of war, but not to the point where you're actually in any kind of real danger. You can read about war. You could argue that literature is the, the thing in a way that allows you to get right up next to the cheetah but it also serves as that plexiglass that is keeping you safe from getting eaten. And I think in boxing, the same thing is true. People certainly do get hurt in boxing, but mostly they do not. For the most part, with boxing, there is an apparatus in place that allows you to get up right close to another person. I mean, you are 
you're never going to be closer to another person than when you're boxing with with someone. Uh, there is, you know, they're wearing headgear, they're wearing gloves, there are rules, there's a referee, there's a ring, it's divided up into rounds. There are rules about where you can hit, how you can hit, when you can hit. It's all quite structured and, and regimented in much the same way as our contact with the cheetah or our contact with some of the more dramatic, horrifying, and wonderful aspects of being alive are there for us when we read literature. So what comes next for the Closeness Project? Does the conversation have more to teach us about the push and the pull of all those intimate connections in our lives? Uh, We're now in the process of editing a book called Closeness in Contemporary Culture, where we're having 20 different people each write a chapter. And each chapter, there's a chapter on on what you'd more or less expect. Family, beauty, art, object. Uh, But then we also have an article on gene. And we have an article on internet. Uh, And these articles are meant to be for a general readership. In a moment, we'll go in the field to hear perspectives directly from the boxing club that helped bring these insights to the Closeness Project. But first, let's learn a little more about the event and the East Palo Alto Boxing Club. Yeah, the thing that was sort of wonderful about that, so we had an event where the the boxers came and uh, they talked about boxing and the question of closeness um, from a lot of different angles, what it means in the context of a fight, sparring with somebody from your club, closeness with your instructor, closeness with other boxers, the way you support each other, closeness in the community, um, what, it, what closeness means in East Palo Alto. Uh, and East Palo Alto is a community that's, that's troubled in many ways. Uh, it is also a wonderfully human and, and inspirational community in, in many ways. And there's a real kind of coolness to, to East Palo Alto that, that, uh, that I think is instructive. What they came and brought to Stanford was their expertise in an area where pretty much nobody in the room had any. So it was about sort of inverting the relationship that Stanford has traditionally had to East Palo Alto. So normally it's that East Palo Alto has needs. Stanford goes and helps to fill those needs, whether they're educational needs or, or, or in terms of health clinics or whatnot. Uh, so rather than you know Stanford going to East Palo Alto and helping the people who need help, it's about East Palo Alto coming to Stanford and helping the people who need help. We who need help understanding this this, this notion of closeness, um, because I think a lot of us were socialized into a mode of not just thinking but in a mode of being that seeks out distance. Uh, we want to look at things from a particular perspective to, to gain a kind of bird's eye view of things. We don't we can't understand things in the thick of it. And so it was about learning from people who think in the thick of it. And and learn from them how they come to be able to make these sort of split second, very important decisions, uh, how they're able to build a kind of, and live in and dwell in uh, a form of closeness that is at once wonderful and very threatening. Uh, and, you know, for a lot of the the people, the young people especially, who work out at East Palo Alto Boxing Club, this is kind of their family. This club becomes uh, an extension of their family. 
so yeah, it's not just the closeness that's formed in the boxing ring. It's the closeness that's formed between the boxers, between the boxer and Johnny Gray, who's the, the director of the club. Everything he does at East Palo the Boxing Club, he's done for free. Before he goes to his day job and after he comes back from his day job, he goes to the boxing club, opens it up, and makes it available to people mostly for free. He attends East Palo Alto city council meetings and argues for the club. Johnny, the the coach, is he's a he's a real person. I really uh, like and admire him for for doing what he does. I think he's very important for the for the community or for many people in East Palo Alto. He's a real educator. He's doing a very good job at connecting with people, kind of addressing them directly, but in a very in a very good way. We went out in the field with Frederica to meet Johnny Gray and some of the boxers at the East Palo Alto Boxing Club. I wanted to see for myself what it's like to be part of their family and how they think about closeness. I'm not Cassius Clay or Sugar Ray. I'm Johnny Gray from EPA. That's East Palo Alto. I'm the founder of the East Palo Alto Boxing Club. It's a, it's a safe haven. Basically, and it's like a lot of times when people think about boxing, they think about fighting and violence and all that kind of stuff. But it's not about that. It's about keeping young people off the street. Young people know there's somewhere I can go every day instead of getting out here caught up in that mess out there. My name is Jaime Caudillo, and I've been coming here since June of 2011. Yeah, so I'm a student at San Francisco State University. So as soon as I get out of class, I just drive straight home over here. Make sure I eat a, like a good meal and then come straight to the gym so I won't come tired. I like the gym because I release stress and every time I just feel like a little bit down, I just come here and I just punch my problems away. At the same time, I feel like I'm giving back to my community because um, there's a lot of people that just come here and I would rather have people come here and, and me giving them attention just so Johnny gave me attention and working them on the mids, giving them advice on like how to throw a few punches here and there instead of them just coming to the gym and not being acknowledged at all and then them going back out into the streets. I would rather have them here, come here, because uh, they work their physical fitness, they learn how to defend themselves, and it's discipline as well. So they're most likely to just like go home, get, get enough rest for them, and wake up the next morning, go to school, go to the gym, and it's just the same routine over and over again. So yeah, it's, it, it just maintains discipline. Certain ways, you know, we, everybody got a heart. You know, I'm not every, some people don't, okay. But I do, I have a heart. It's like, yeah, okay, I guess that's being vulnerable. <laughs> I'm kind of, I got a heart. I can feel you sometimes, but I'm, I can get rough too. When people think about boxing, they're like, oh, like, you just get, put the gloves on and then you just punch people. That's about it. That's about what I thought at first. I spent so much time, like, with these people inside the gym, but now that I spar them, I kind of like feel bad. So, like in boxing, you have to have the courage to hit people. Like, for some people, think it's all oh, it's easy, but once you know a person, it's kind of hard to throw punches at them. I know everybody here, so I don't know. It's, it's just I feel so close to them. Like this is like my second family, basically. I mean, things like this have to happen because you know it's always these scholars and the so-called whatever you want to call the other people. We all the same thing. We all eat, sleep use the bathroom and we all gonna die. And that had to happen, you know, it's, it's time. It's time for things to change. It's time for these bridges to be mm, united. It's like we're on the same level. Everybody's on the same level when they step in this gym. 
we're all doing the same thing. We're working together. We're training together. No one's feeling, I'm better than you and I'm better than me. Hey, we all training. We all trying to get ourselves in shape, mentally, physically, and spiritually. We actually produced a video of our In the Field segment for this episode, and you can watch the whole thing, including footage of boxers sparring at the East Palo Alto Boxing Club, by going to our website at humanangle.org. I'm Angela Becerra Vidigar, and this has been The Human Angle. The show is recorded in the studios of KZSU Stanford and is made possible by the generous support of the Stanford Humanities Center and the Division of Literatures, Cultures, and Languages at Stanford University. Special thanks for this episode go to Johnny Gray and the boxers of the East Palo Alto Boxing Club, as well as to Laura Barletta, whose photographs of the club you can find on our website, humanangle.org, along with videos and other episode extras. Tom Winterbottom, who also participated in the Closeness Project, is our producer and co-writer. The theme music is Look Up Often by Inquisitor. I'm the executive producer, and Corey Goldman is the consulting producer. You can find us at humanangle.org and follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to tune in again for the next episode of The Human Angle. The Human Angle.